0: Awesome. Awesome. Take it away. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace, whole palace God, and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel with fear. Thanks, Arthur. Well, it's good
1: to be here, guys. I'm going to give thanks to God and pray before we get into the Word of God together. I encourage you to keep your Bibles open. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have brought us together tonight to sit in your Word, to look at it, to be empowered by it, and we do pray that as we learn about joyful suffering tonight you may help us understand that you even have the power to make jesus known amid those battles that we face we pray this in the name of christ amen well i remember a time in my life when i experienced great pressure great pressure i was in year nine and a bunch of my friends in my year nine group encouraged me at hydro golf slash putt putt to do something that i now regret and so we're doing putt putt we're right next to the driving range right into the water there and i had my putt putt ready to go to putt the first hole and my friends had the idea you know what jesse what we'll do is we will give you as much peer pressure as possible so that you smash that ball from the putt putt into the driving range over the fence into the water. Now, I thought that doesn't sound all of a good idea, but what did I do? I succumbed to the peer pressure. And so I got the ball, got the putt putt, pulled my arm back, and bang, the putt putt ball went flying. And then, above where you hit the balls into the driving range, there is a tin shed, and the ball landed on top and went bang. Bang! Bang! And the guy who owned the place was like, What is going on? Who hit the ball onto the roof? He found out that I had hit the ball from the putt-putt course into the driving range. And I felt so much guilt when I remember in my mind the way that he looked at me. He was disgusted. He was angry. And he sat me down for two hours and said, You cannot hit another ball, son. I was banned for an entire year. On that day, I suffered the consequences of peer pressure and was banned. But that's not the only thing that we will experience as teenagers. There's a whole range of concerns of pressures that we have every day. And on this screen here, there's the top 10 issues or concerns that teenagers your age face, according to Mission Australia. And so the leading issue is coping with stress. The second issue is study progress, being anxious about your studies. Third, mental health. And all these things are interconnected. Maybe you struggle with body image. You wonder, why do I look the way I do? I wish I looked differently like that person who I follow on Instagram or TikTok. Maybe you're concerned about the climate. Maybe you're concerned about physical health. Maybe you don't feel good some days and you don't know why. Or maybe you do know why and you've got this disease and it's causing you anxiety. Or maybe it's even family conflict, a battle that you're facing at home. I want to pause and ask you the question right now. What concerns, pressures are you facing in your life? Right now. Does this list here highlight any of the concerns that you might be facing? Bullying, peer pressure, a mental health battle. Well, I'd like to say this today, whatever burden you are carrying, I pray that it will not crush your hope and destroy your progress with faith and joy in Christ. In Philippians chapter one, and I encourage you to open up your Bibles again. We're looking at verses 12 to 21 today, and Paul wants to transform your perspective on hardship to inspire you to remain steadfast. And so on the screen is the big idea today. And this is what I love to see you take home. God uses our joyful sufferings to advance the gospel. In hard times, please know that that is not without purpose. God can use our hard times to draw people closer to Jesus Christ. And we see so many stories throughout history of people who suffered great hardship and God used that powerfully. Uh, hands up have you heard of a story by this missionary called Jim Elliot. Has anyone heard of Jim Elliot? A few of you great Jim, along with four others, suffered and was finally killed while trying to tell this native group in Ecuador about Jesus Christ. Despite the tragic outcome, Elliot's journals revealed a deep and abiding joy in his call to share the gospel, even though he went through so many great trials. He wrote this in a journal that was found after his death, and it blows our mind when we read it, knowing what happened to him. He said this, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Eliot suffered and even lost his life to spread the good news of Jesus. But he said it was worth it. Life with Jesus is costly. It is hard, but it is worth it. But the message of the gospel is not just hard. If you open up your Bibles today, you'll see right there that the gospel also spreads in hardship. In our troubles, in our anxieties, in our battles, God still shouts out to us, I'm not finished with you yet. God can use your weakness to make known his greatness. And this is the perspective shift we need to remain joyful in every season of life. Even though life is full of pains and chains that drag us down, we can be joyful because the good news of Jesus is not changed. And so I'd like to point out some words from Philippians chapter 1, verse 13. Open up your Bibles and you'll read these words and you can also follow on the screen. Paul writes this when he's going through suffering and he says, my suffering is not without purpose. And we see why. As a result of my imprisonment, that's the context. It has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. What is he in chains for? Christ. Christ. And so he's suffering Yet we see later on he's happy because everyone's talking about him and they're asking, why is this guy in prison? He seems like a pretty good bloke. He's a pretty good guy. And Paul has the opportunity to declare what? I am in chains because of whom? Say it again. Christ. Our suffering can be used by God to tell other people all about Jesus. So I'd like to say this for those who are struggling here today, and we're all struggling with something. God is bigger than your eating disorder. God is better than your exam dread. God is larger than your social anxieties. God can use those weaknesses that you have, those concerns that you have, to tell the world that Jesus is alive. If you're struggling with the fact that you are not happy with yourself, that is okay. The right mindset says, I'm going to get a new body in eternity. Christ is Lord, and He has promised me a brand new body, and that is a good thing. And so, you can transform something that you struggle with to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. God is bigger than our sufferings, and He even has the power to transform our setbacks into joyful gospel progress. God can use your pain to make Jesus known to the world. How cool is that? And so this is why Paul did not grumble without hope in prison. Instead, he made the intense effort to choose a different path. And this brings us to last week. The letter of Philippians is all about one key word. Can you say it out loud? Rejoice, Rejoice true or joy. Even though he's suffering, Paul said, I will continue to What? rejoice. I will continue to rejoice, verse 18. And so here's the big idea. I want to put it front and center just one more time. God uses our what? Our joyful sufferings to advance the gospel, or if that's not clear for you, to make Jesus known in your life. But I'd like to dig a little deeper with you right now. If you look at your sheets, you'll see that there's the big idea and there's three points below. I'd like to look at just that second point with you tonight, perspective. And so I want to ask you the question, what fueled, energised the joyful suffering of Paul? What kept him going? In other words, what kept him joyful as he suffered for Jesus? And the key word is perspective. Paul's perspective enabled him to suffer with joy. I'd like in your Bibles to turn to verse 21 there. Look at verse 21. This is a great verse worth memorizing, okay? Verse 21, a fantastic verse that keeps our eternal perspective in view. Verse 21, Paul said this, and this enabled him to keep on going. He said... To live is whom? Christ. And to die is what? Gain. The purpose of life, in other words, is Jesus. And to die is gain because he promises me a great eternity, even if I die. This is win-win for Paul. Life now has purpose, and if I die, eternity also has purpose. Nothing can weigh me down. I will keep on serving my Lord with joy because I am living in a win-win condition. He has this perspective that energizes him. But I'd like to pause and ask, Paul says, To live is Christ, to die is gain. Do you agree? Do you agree, ye eight boys? Do you agree, you seven girls? Do you agree with the fact that to live is Christ, to die is gain? Well, how would you complete this sentence if you were asked? Ready? And your leaders will ask you later. For me, living is blank. What would you fill in the gap there? Some people might say, for me, to live is entertainment Fortnite, another victory crown I have two (laughs) which is not many or someone else might say for me living is the perfect body I'm gonna keep on going to the gym get the biggest guns in the world my life will have purpose (laughs) others might say for me to live is to play my phone during a sermon. <laughs> How would you complete this sentence? For me, living is blank. If you say living is money, then what would you say dying is? You would fill in the second blank with dying is being broke because you can't take your money into eternity, can you? It's a physical thing. An eternal life Eternity is a spiritual reality. In your short life, what will you live for? For me, living is what? What do you say? What we need to live for is not something that matters now and now only, but something that matters forever. In the Bible, real life starts with Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the what? The life. In other words, he's saying, if you want to live the good life, it starts with living for me. Jesus says, come and follow me, and you will live life to the full. You'll live as you were created to be. The true life that matters not only now, but forever, Starts with Jesus And that's the perspective You need That's the perspective That energised, fueled Paul As he suffered for the gospel of Jesus And so I imagine Paul had a conversation with a guard And I just want to bring this home To help you understand really what Paul means He's really getting at this when he's making this statement Imagine a guard came to him and said, hey, Paul, we don't like you and your Lord. We're going to kill you. Paul says, oh, that would be great. Dying is game. Bring it on. I get eternal life. The guard says, oh, on a second thought, we're going to allow you to live instead. Paul says, fantastic. Living means fruitful, joyous labor for my Lord. God will continue to use me to bring people to Christ. To build up churches like the church of Philippi, in whom I'm sending this letter to, so that their joy and faith in Christ may increase. Imagine what the God says, now I'm, I'm stumped. Well, we're going to let you live them, but we're going to make your life suffer. Does Paul have anything else to say? Yes, he does. He says, hey guys, I consider the sufferings of this present world not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed. It will fill me with joy to suffer for my Lord. I could imagine the guard goes, "Oh, well, you got me, Paul. I have nothing else to say. Your perspective is rock solid. You keep on living for your Lord. It seems like you're loving it no matter what. And that's what Christ wants you to have. A perspective that matters not only now, but forever. I love these words from Francis Chan on this text. He says, Do you see the power of this perspective? Kill me. I'll be with Christ. Let me live. I live for Christ. Make me suffer. I experience joy and get rewarded by Christ. This is the unstoppable mentality of the Apostle Paul. And it can be ours as well if we treasure Christ above all things. The most important question in your life, ready? Do you treasure Christ? Is Christ your greatest prize? When life is hard, will you continue to cling to him? Do you love him? Do you have hope in him? Do you have a reason to live when life is hard? Do you have joy in your concerns and your anxieties in your pain? The answer is Christ. Treasure him. Love him. Adore him. That is the purpose of life. The true purpose you were created to live for. And so the big idea today is this. God uses our joyful sufferings to advance the gospel. And what fueled Paul's suffering? His perspective. To live is Christ and to die is gain. Let us pray and ask the Lord to fill us with that perspective so that we can joyfully serve the Lord no matter the season of life. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've brought us here tonight to junior high. And we thank you that your gospel is transforming lives. And we do pray that even in our sufferings, we may be joyful because of our perspective in Jesus Christ. May the gospel continue to advance as we continue to proclaim with Paul to live as Christ and to die as gain. We pray these things in the name of Christ. Amen.